You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. Well, today we are continuing our series. It's called Increase. We've been in this series since the beginning of 2023. It's the new year. We're saying, man, everyone wants increase in their life, right? I think there's areas maybe in all of our lives that we'd say, man, I take increase in my marriage, in my health, increase in my finances, increase in, in favor, God's blessing. I'll take some increase, right? So we're, the title of the series is called Increase, but we're talking about how if we want to experience increase in any area of our life, there's a couple things we got to do, right? We need to increase Jesus. We need to decrease increase ourselves, which simply means we're going to humble ourselves and get out of the way. And it all comes from our key verse. It's John 3.30. John the Baptist is the one that said this, and he's talking about his ministry compared to the ministry of Jesus and the purpose of Jesus. And he says this in John 3.30, he says, he must increase, but I must decrease. John is saying this specifically for his situation, but the principle behind this is so good for us to live by. Biblically, scripturally, we see what is it's so good to live a humble life saying, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Lord, not my wants, but your wants be done. Lord, not, not whatever my opinion is. Lord, your, your truth, let your truth reign in my life. And so in every area of our lives, if we will increase Jesus, and another way of saying it is this, Jesus is the word of God. So if we will increase the word of God in any area of our life, and we will decrease our own opinions, our own thoughts, our own will, we open the door for God to work more fully in our lives, to work to His greatest potential in our lives. It's really pretty simple. When we decrease ourselves, we're just getting out of the way (laughs) so that God can do what He wants to do. Sometimes we are the greatest hindrance to what God wants to do in our lives simply because we're trying to force our will rather than submitting to His. And so increase. What do we want? If we want to increase, we increase Jesus. We decrease ourselves whatever area we're looking at. But today, specifically, we're going to talk about how do we see increase in our health? How do we increase in health in this new year, in 2023? How do we increase in our health? Here's what we're going to do. Today, I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to give you, I have seven points today. So normally I have three or four. I get in a pretty good routine with three or four, but I'm going to get out of the box a little bit. Today, I have seven points for you. So hopefully you're ready to take notes. If not, Go ahead and get some pen, a paper, get something to write on. Get go uh, get your phone ready, not to be distracted on Facebook, but to get your phone so that you can take down some notes. Uh, take some notes today. Write down these verses because it's really, really important for you to see not my opinion on any of this. I want to show you scripture that backs some of these things that I'm showing you. The seven points are actually seven decisions, seven choices you can make to increase in health. Seven choices you can make to increase your health. And so let's dive into it. I'm gonna get right into it. Point number one is this. We gotta make a choice. We have to choose to hate sickness. I have to choose to hate sickness. We're gonna see this in scripture here, but many times we deal with sickness because we don't really hate it. I think oftentimes we deal, we, we deal with it, we battle sickness because we don't really hate it. In fact, I would say we tolerate it. Uh, many times we even embrace sickness. That sounds kind of weird to say, but many times we embrace it. A great example is, well, it's just flu season, right? Like, I just know my kids are going to get the flu and then they're going to bring it home. I'm going to get the flu. Our whole house is going to get sick. It's just flu season and it's just how it is, right? And, and yeah, is there times of the year where uh, a flu or a virus or something like that is, is uh, more uh, susceptible? We're more susceptible to it? 
Absolutely. But I think many times we embrace it and just accept that that's how the believer is supposed to live their life in this fallen world. But I want to remind us of the sacrifice of Jesus. In Psalm 103, verses 2-3, through it says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Hopefully you know this. As a believer in Christ, as a part of God's family, you have benefits. You have things that God wants to give you, good things that are part of His kingdom, that would truly be His, His kingdom come, His will be done on earth in your life as it is in heaven. Those are part of those benefits. And here he shows it. Verse 3, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. I like to remind people that healing is a part of the salvation package. When you become a part of God's family, there is no sickness or disease in heaven. And God wants His will to be done in your life on this earth as it is in heaven. That's what Jesus told us to pray. And so we want to pray in agreement that God, your kingdom be done in my life, in my body, in my family as it is in heaven. Healing is a part of this. We see this in scripture. We see forgiveness of sin and the healing of sickness often linked together. They're often mentioned back to back, back to back, because those are two of the big things that we see biblically that Jesus paid for when he went to the cross. And so uh, I would like to think of it this way. Think of this perspective. What if we had the same attitude towards sin that we have towards sickness? Like, what if we had the same attitude? We like to say, well, it's just flu season, right? Let's just, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. It's just going to happen. It's probably going to get in our house. Like, imagine if we treated sin that way. Like, think of how ridiculous this would be. Imagine me saying, well, you know, it's just that, it's just that season again. Um, it's adultery season, okay? <laughs> it sounds ridiculous to even say, it's adultery season, okay? The news is saying that adultery season is especially bad this year, okay? So family, just buckle up. It's, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be bad, okay? It's going to be really hard on our family. It's going to be really difficult on our family. Adultery season, there's nothing we can do about it. And we would just embrace it. And that's ridiculous, right? We don't do that with sin. But somehow we have a totally different perspective when it comes to sickness, when it comes to healing, right? How would you react if I said that? Well, it's adultery season. You'd say, no, it's ridiculous. No, it's not. No, it's not, right? I'm not going to accept that into my family. I'm not going to accept that into my marriage. No, it's not. But why don't we react that way whenever we give sickness a season? It's interesting to think about. It's, it seems a little ridiculous to say, you know, sin has its own season or whatever. But I think it's, it's often good perspective on how we have changed and maybe how even our spiritual enemy has changed the way we look at sickness in our lives. How it's not that big of a deal. How it's just something you got to deal with. How uh, God doesn't want to heal you from something small or something big. It's not his will. We'll dive into that here in just a little bit. But um, sin is something that we have to remind ourselves. Sin is something that Jesus suffered and died for so that you can be free from it. Jesus died. He, he went to the cross. He was raised from the dead so you could be free from sin. That's why we actively resist sin, right? That's why I try to live a pure life, a life above reproach. Why? Because uh, the grace of Jesus is not a past to continue sinning. The grace of Jesus is an invitation to live righteously. So when I become a part of the family of God, I don't just do whatever I want. I'll just ask for forgiveness later. No, I say, no, I'm going to draw close to Jesus. I'm going to start to live, love, and look more like him. And in doing so, I'm going to overcome the slavery of sin, the sin that would try to keep me in bondage. Jesus paid so I could be freed from sin. That's what we see in Romans 6. And Jesus also paid a price so that you can be free from sickness as well. In fact, look at Isaiah 53, 5. It says this, but he, this is speaking of Jesus, Jesus was pierced for our rebellion 
crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. The New King James says, he, by his stripes, we were healed. It's a past tense thing. Jesus paid for it. He paid the price for it, not just for forgiveness of sins, but for healing of sickness. Jesus bore our sickness on the cross. And if we're not okay with sin, why would we be okay with sickness? I wouldn't be okay with saying it's adultery season, but why, would, why am I okay with saying, well, it's just flu season. It's just going to happen. Right? I think many times that's a great trick of the devil. He just says, well, it's just a part of life. There's nothing you can do about it. It's just a burden that you have to bear. God gave you that sickness to strengthen you and to increase your faith. And here's the thing. God doesn't cause those things. God can use any situation for his glory. God can use any situation to teach us a lesson. God can use any situation to draw us close to him. Yes, but God is the author of life and light, and they're in him, there is no shadow of turning. Meaning there's no darkness that comes from him. Every good thing comes from above. When people say that, well, that's, God's giving me this sickness as a burden to bear, I like to remind them of what, what Acts 10, 38 says. It says this, Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Healing, he was doing good, and he was healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Think of it this way. If sickness was a burden... God gives his kids to bear. Then Jesus went around when he was here on this earth, undoing the will of his father in heaven. And we know this, that Jesus is the walking, talking will of God. He only does what his father tells him to do. He only says what the father tells him to say. And so that would be ridiculous. Jesus didn't go around undoing the will of the father in heaven they were sick because they were oppressed by the devil. It's from the enemy. Now, hear me in this. Am I saying that every time you get the sniffles, uh, Satan personally is attacking you? No, I'm not saying that. I am, like I said earlier, there is times of the year where viruses or people, our bodies are more prone to becoming sick. Yes, not every sniffles is a full-on attack from Satan. We do live in a fallen world. However, uh, sickness will try to come on you because of those reasons. Because we live in a fallen world, sickness will try to come on you. And this is why you must actively resist it. You need to be actively daily resisting it. James 4, 7 says, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. What does submit to God mean? So we talked about week number one. It is decreasing myself. And saying, Lord, I'm submitting to you. I'm getting under your authority. I'm increasing you and your word and your will, which is healing, which is health, which is wholeness. And I'm getting under you. And by doing so, if the devil tries to come against me, I'm going to resist him because I'm under your umbrella, your authority, the way you've designed it to work. If I don't actively, daily resist the devil, then he will bind me up with sickness and with all a bunch of other junk that he ha wants to throw my way. If I don't actively and daily resist him, that's why I would encourage you, you need to get a daily confession. You need to have a daily confession for your health, for your wholeness, that you're speaking over your life that aligns with God's word. This is something me and Gavin do every day on the way to school. I, I, some, I have something I pray over him. I pray that by Jesus' stripes, we were healed. So today we walk in health and in wholeness. Today, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Lord, you said you'd send your angels to come and to be around us so we won't even dash our foot against a stone. I thank you today we are protected. His class is protected. His school is protected. And we walk in perfect health. See, all I'm doing is I'm quoting scripture as a confession. So I'm aligning my words with God's word. And uh, in doing so, I'm speaking life 
over and I'm actively resisting the devil every single day. And so point number one is this. The first choice is choose to hate sickness. Point number two is this. That's the fa- Point number one is the foundation for today. We need to understand it's not from God. If it was from God, Jesus was going around undoing the will of God and he wouldn't do that. And so point number one is choose to hate sickness. Number two is this. Choose to deal with healing hindrances. This is a big one. This is a huge one. Choose to deal with healing hindrances. I got to ask myself, is there anything I'm doing that is keeping me from the promise of healing? Is there anything I'm allowing in my life, how I'm living my life, that's keeping me from God's promise of healing? Is my lifestyle promoting sickness? Is my lifestyle promoting sickness? Uh, And in fact, many doctors say this. I've heard this said many times. They will say, tell me what you eat and I'll predict your illness. Tell me what you're eating. Tell me your diet and I will predict your illness. Uh, Now, that's not in scripture, but a lot of doctors say that. And we see that to be true uh, time and time again. We got to ask ourselves, am I drinking that clear stuff that's called water? from time to time, right? Am I just drinking coffee all day, energy drinks all day, diet soda all day? Somebody needs to know, I'm gonna deliver somebody to say, hey, diet soda is not, <laughs> it's not water, okay? It's not water, you need to drink water, not just diet soda, not just pop, not just coffee, not just energy drinks. God made your body to work with water. We need to drink that clear stuff called water. Am I exercising? Doesn't mean I have to have a gym membership per se, but am I being active? Am I going on a walk? Am I getting some sunshine and some fresh air? Somebody didn't mean, I mean, just getting outside. It's amazing how God has designed our bodies to heal themselves, to work and to be healthy and to be whole. Am I doing anything to sabotage God's promise of healing for me? Look at Proverbs 23, 19. It says this, it says, listen, my children, be wise and give serious thought to the way you live. That's what we're talking about here. Is there anything I'm doing? Is there a healing hindrance in my, bo- in my life that I'm not dealing with? Give serious thought to the way you live. Don't associate with people who drink too much wine or stuff themselves with food. Drunkards and gluttons will be reduced to poverty. If all you do is eat and sleep, you will soon be wearing rags. Here's what he's saying. This is some harsh language. This isn't very popular to talk about, right? Uh, Again, especially in 2023, but poor decisions on how I treat my body will eventually catch up with me. Poor decisions on how you treat your body will eventually catch up with you. You're going to pay more in medical bills, pay more in food bills. You'll be limited on what jobs and careers and opportunities uh, God can put in front of you that you can physically take. And so uh, I'm not here to condemn anyone. Please hear my heart in this. I'm not here to bash you over the head and say um, that, that you're living an awful lifestyle, but I am here to show you God's word. So the Holy Spirit, if he needs to, he can convict all of us and say, hey, I've been getting a little, I've been drinking too much coffee every single day, right? When's the last time I had just a glass of water? It's been a long time. The Holy Spirit can say, hey, you need to take better care of your body. How am I treating my body? This is a big deal because 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says this. It says, do you not know that your body is a house of God where the Holy Spirit lives? If you're a believer, the Holy Spirit lives. He dwells on the inside of you. And that's what he says. God gave you his Holy Spirit. I love how direct that is. Like he's trying to get our attention. Look, God gave you, he entrusted you with his Holy Spirit, a piece of him. Now you belong to God. You do not belong to yourselves. Look, you don't have to be perfect, right? I'm not saying you gotta be some crazy health nut who never has a a piece of pie from time to time. Look, hey, 
Key lime pie, I'm a sucker for it every time, right? But I can't be only eating key lime pie every single day. I've gotta be taking in some fruits, some vegetables. I gotta be watching what I eat. Why? Because my body is the temple. It's the house of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't belong to me. So how am I stewarding it? How are you stewarding your body? Here's the good news. Sickness has no right to be in the property of God. This is really good news. Sickness has no right to be in the property of God. But if I steward God's property property poorly, I'll compromise the healing promise of God. Let me say that again. But if I steward God's property poorly, I'll compromise the healing promise of God. Think of it this way. Uh, Robbers and thieves are not welcome in my house. However, If I choose to leave all my doors wide open, I choose to open the blinds and open all of my windows and leave the lights on every single night for weeks on end, what's going to happen? Eventually, some robbers and some thieves and some people that don't want to do any good, we're going to show up to my house and they're going to come in and make themselves at home, right? It's the same way with our body. Look, they have no right to be in my house But if I don't do my part, they're going to come in like I'm welcoming them in. Many times that's what we do with our healing hindrances. We are living a lifestyle and we're saying, God, I thank you for for healing. Meanwhile, we have all the doors and windows opened up because we're just drinking diet soda and eating Cheetos and our diet is awful. Again, it's not bad to have diet soda, but are we doing everything to make sure that we're doing it in a proper balance so that we promote health and wholeness in our lives. If we're going to increase in health this year, what do we need to do? Increase Jesus. His word says your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's our job to steward that temple well. Choice number three is this. Choose to pray God's word. Choose to pray God's word. Again, all of these, I could say this. This is a big one. All of these are very important. Uh, so I'll try to not say it with everyone, but choose to pray God's word. What you're praying and how you're praying when it comes to healing, when it comes to health is very, very important. You need to be continually speaking and praying the word of God. Again, have a daily confession. Find scriptures and promises in God's word about health and wholeness and be speaking them over your life, over your body, over your kids, over your spouse. Be speaking them every single day. First John 5 verse 14 and 15, it says this. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, capital H, this is God, Jesus, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So let me break this down. Anything we ask according to God's will, he hears us and we can receive it. Okay. So the key to getting your prayers answered is God hearing you. The key to God hearing your prayers is praying the will of God. The key to praying the will of God is praying the word of God. Why? Because the word of God is the will of God. It's not a mystery. God didn't say, pray my will. And if you can figure out what it is, then I might answer. No, he said, here's my, here's my holy word. This word is my will. If you will pray this book, then I will hear it. It aligns with what God wants to do in your life. Another thing you can do is pray in the Spirit. Scripturally, we see that when we use our heavenly prayer language, we are praying the perfect will of God. I don't know about you, but sometimes you might be so sick in bed or man, there was a time when I was in the hospital for about 24 hours and I was in the hospital. Man, I ran out of words to say in English, words to pray in English. So I just laid there. I put on some worship music and as I was worshiping, I just began to pray in the spirit using my heavenly language. My mind had run out of English words, but my spirit, the Holy Spirit within me, 
He had plenty of prayer words to use that aligned with God's will for my life that were full of life and goodness and health. And so I prayed in the spirit, not out loud, not crazy, not for anybody else to hear, but just quietly so I could hear myself there in the hospital room. And in doing so, I was strengthening my spirit. I was promoting health and wholeness in my body. And I was asking God to move on my behalf, even though I didn't understand what I was saying in English. You need to pray in the spirit. That's part of praying God's word. You're praying his perfect will. When we pray, one thing to remember is we're not asking God to heal us. I'm not begging and pleading with God. We're praying and we're thanking him that he has already healed us. Again, let's go back to the comparison of sickness and sin, right? Uh, God has already, Jesus has already accomplished healing on the cross. Just like he's taking care of all of our sins on the cross. It's already a done deal. It's done in the past. Um, When you come to Christ, you're not asking Jesus to die on the cross again or to do another work to save you. Whenever you, you say that prayer, put your faith in your Jesus, you're not, you're not in Jesus, you're not saying, Lord, would now will you go to the cross again for me this time? No, he's already done it. He's already paid for your sins. He's already been the perfect sacrifice for your sins. Now you're putting your faith in the finished work of Jesus. Just like you do that for sin, we do the same with sickness. You're acknowledging that Jesus already has done that. He's already taken care of it. And you're putting your faith in that to receive it. You're saying, Jesus, I acknowledge that you already have healed me. And now I choose to receive it. And so many times when we pray for sickness, especially with Gavin or uh, with Leslie and I, we're saying, Lord, we thank you. We quote scripture by your stripes. We were healed. We thank you that it's already done. We put our faith in your finished work. And Lord, today we receive health and wholeness in the name of Jesus. We're just asking to receive it. We're putting our faith in the finished work of Jesus. And in doing so, we're choosing to pray God's word, which is number three. Number four is this, choose to speak to the sickness. Choose to speak to the sickness. Mark 11, 23 through 24, it says this, For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So what's the key here? There's, well, there's actually a few keys, right? He says, whatever you ask when you pray, believe that you receive it and you will have it. So belief is huge, but look at what Jesus says. Let's read this scripture again, and we're going to compare how many times God tells us to speak versus believe, right? He says this, For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, that's one for says, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So what do we see? Three says, verse one, belief. Whoever says to this mountain, Jesus didn't say pray and ask God, plead with God, beg God to remove your mountain for you. Now, I think there might be times and situations where we need to do that. But many times the finished work of Jesus shows us that we have authority because we carry the same Holy Spirit he had. He's commissioned us to do his will. We have authority to speak to certain situations and command them to bow their knee to the lordship of Jesus. And sickness, healing is, that is the exact same way. Jesus said, you speak to the mountain and command it to move. And sometimes you're going to have to speak three times 
to get a little bit of belief. Sometimes you're going to have to say it out loud until you convince your heart to believe it. And so speaking is a huge part of what we're doing. In fact, another example of this is uh, about a month ago, Gavin had flu A. And so when we were praying for him to be healed, we were praying and I would speak to the flu. We, we went to the doctor. We're not against the doctor or anything like that. And we go to the doctor. It helps us see what, what's a plan of attack for this thing. How do we get better? Because God can use doctors, but we also need to do our part. And so we went home and I, I would speak to the flu virus, I said, flu bug, flu A, you get out in the name of Jesus. Fever, we command you to break. Body, we command you to work the way your creator designed you to work. We pray for Gavin's body from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet that he is healed, healthy, and whole. We think that as he sleeps, his body is healing itself. God, you're going to work in his body. We receive it in the name of Jesus. So what are we doing? We're praying and we're speaking to the sickness. We're thanking God for his word is true so that we can receive it. And in doing so, we're opening the door for God to work in our bodies. And so here's point number five. Choose to stand in faith. Some of these kind of piggyback off each other. So we're choosing to, to speak to the sickness. And then number five, we're going to choose to stand in faith. One of the biggest hindrances to healing is that people get discouraged because they don't experience healing right away. And it takes a little bit longer than they think it should. And so uh, they'll pray and, and they, you know, they finish the prayer and they open their eyes and well, I still hurt. I still have a fever. I'm still in pain. Uh, I'm still have this diagnosis, whatever it might be. And we, we give up because we didn't see something change right away. And Hebrews 10 35 says this, it says, so do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Don't throw away your trust in God because it takes a little bit of time. Remember the reward it will bring you. He says this patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. What does he say? Patient endurance, not patient sitting around and doing nothing, right? Well, I prayed once and that's it. I'm just going to go lay on the couch until something changes. No, many times you got to go to battle. Many times you have to go to work and you need to continue to pray until something changes. An example I like to give with this is think about if I had a tree in my front yard and it was a big tree that I wanted to cut down. And if I had, I went out and I got an ax and I went out and I started cutting down that tree. Could I cut down that big tree that has deep roots in my yard? Could I cut it down with one swing? No, I don't care how strong you are. I don't care how big you are. I don't care how sharp the ax is. It's gonna take more than one swing. And I wanna remind us that many times that's what we need to do when it comes to sickness or even other things that are ta have taken root in our lives. Sometimes the bigger the diagnosis, the bigger the thing we're battling, it takes some effort. Patient endurance. What am I doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm patient because I'm trusting that eventually this tree's gonna fall, but I am enduring this. I'm still moving forward. And so we take our ax, which was what? It's the word of God. Uh, God's word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And so I go and I speak the word. And when I speak the word, it's like swinging an ax and I'm hitting that tree. And the ax is sharp when I'm aligning my words with God's word. And I hit that tree. And if it doesn't fall, guess what? I'm going to keep speaking. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep hearing and listening to messages and worshiping God. And what I'm doing, I'm still swinging that ax and I'm hitting the tree. And the more that I do that, eventually the tree will fall just like it does in the natural. It will in the, in the spiritual as well. Eventually, Eventually, the sickness will be uprooted. And sometimes, even though the tree falls, then I got to get a stump grinder and get the roots taken out, right? So it doesn't grow back. There's a lot of similarities in that. I won't get into all of them. But what do we have to do? We have to choose to, to stand in faith. Just because I swung the axe once doesn't mean the tree is just going to fall over. Now, sometimes 
God, God, God moves that way. Sometimes we pray and things change immediately. Sometimes though, it may take a little bit of time and I don't want us to be discouraged when we don't see something change right away. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, Our life is lived by faith. We do not live by what we see in front of us. We live by faith, not by what we see in front of us. And so faith isn't denying the situation, right? Faith is choosing to speak God's word in the situation. Faith isn't denying that there's a tree in the front yard. No, faith is saying, I see that tree. I have a sharp ax and I'm going to go to work. And I believe that that tree is going to be gone by the end of the week, <laughs> right? Like, uh, and we, we do, we can apply it to, again, to, to healing and to sickness, right? Man, I see this. I have this diagnosis. I still have a fever, right? Like I am battling something, but I'm going to pray. I'm going to believe. I'm going to worship. I'm going to speak life, even though I feel like death. Uh, we don't base our faith or our beliefs on our experiences, but on the truth of God's word. So when we choose to stand in faith, I don't think to myself, well, the last time Gavin had a fever, we prayed and it didn't go away immediately. So I'm not even going to pray for it this time. We're just going to battle through. We knew that we're just going to throw all this medicine at it and be fine. And again, we're not against medicine. We, we have ibuprofen and stuff in our house. We take medicine. But I'm just saying, many times we think, well, it didn't work last time. So I'm not going to do it this time. And I would encourage us to choose to stand in faith. Don't make your experience, your past experiences, your standard for what you're doing. No, choose to put your faith in the truth of God's word. Um, and the other thing I would say is this. Don't expect or don't let waiting be your expectation. When I pray, I always pray for immediate results. Lord, I thank you that right now, we are healed. Right now, the fever is breaking. Right now, we have strength. Right now, we feel better. Right now, our body works the way it's designed to work. I always pray for instant, but I don't ever want to lose faith if I open my eyes or I finish praying and I still feel bad or something's still there. Look, I'm going to pray for instant. That's where my faith is going to be. And if it happens to take a few more swings with the axe, then I can continue moving forward. But I, 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 we, I want to remind myself that I have the same Holy Spirit that, that Jesus had to do those works, to, to pray for healing, to minister healing on his behalf. That's what he said. Um, th these signs will follow those that believe. They will lay hands on the sick. They will recover. That's our job. We're supposed to do that. But if it doesn't happen instantly, don't be discouraged but also put your faith that it can happen instantly because sometimes God wants to do that. And I would say probably the majority of the time God wants to do that in our lives. Point number six or choice number six is this. You need to choose to look to the lamb. These last two, I want you to really hear me in this because this one and then the last one I think is the most relatable, but this one, um, listen to, to my words here. Choose to look to the lamb, capital L. We're talking about Jesus here. We must be fully convinced of the sacrifice Jesus made for our healing on the cross. Like I've got to be convinced of it. I've got to believe it. I need to read scripture and say, Lord, your word says it here and here and here. And it says it all through the New Testament. Your word says it. I choose to believe it. I am convinced of what you did on the cross is for so that I can have healing. And here's what I would compare it to. In the Old Testament, people would come to the temple and they would bring a perfect spotless lamb. And the priest would look at it and he would examine it to make sure that the lamb was a proper sacrifice, meaning that it met all the expectations. It met all the things that it needed to. It didn't have a spot on it. It, didn't, it wasn't uh, anything else, but it was a perfect spotless lamb. And in doing so, it would, they would say, yes, this is acceptable or they would reject it and say, this one is not acceptable. Um, the people were bringing the lamb to the temple because they had sinned. 
the priest was looking to the lamb to ensure the sacrifice was acceptable so that they could receive from God. So they would take the lamb. Yes, this is acceptable. And now you can receive your forgiveness. You can receive from God. And here's the good news for us is we don't have to take a lamb uh, to church. We don't have to sacrifice an animal because Jesus is the perfect, spotless, sinless lamb of God. John 1 29 says this, the next day, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming to him and he said, see the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He says, there is the lamb of God. Jesus sacrificed his life for our sins and for our healing. So that, let me remind you, when you go to God in prayer, God, this is so good. God's not looking at you to see if you're worthy. He's looking to see that the lamb is acceptable so you can receive what you asked for. Let me say that again. When you go to God in prayer, God's not looking at you to see if you are worthy. He's looking at the lamb to see see it as an acceptable sacrifice so that you can receive. And that's the blessing of Jesus is that he came as that mediator. He came to say, I'm going to sacrifice and I'm going to be a sufficient sacrifice for all of mankind so that God's kids can receive from him. Jesus was the perfect lamb of God, the perfect sacrifice, enough to clear a way for you to receive forgiveness of sins as well as complete physical healing. So just like in the Old Testament was a picture of what Jesus would be for us in the New Testament. Yes, the spotless lamb was sufficient for your forgiveness. Yes, Jesus, the lamb of God, spotless sin is he is sufficient so that you can receive from God all that he has for you. And this is why it's a serious thing whenever people say, well, it's not God's will to heal. When we looked at a lot of scripture today that says God uh, wants to heal, that by Jesus' stripes we were healed, that we have a promise of healing from God. So when people openly say, well, it's not God's will to heal, uh, it's, it's a very serious thing. It's almost a scary thing because if we criticize healings, hear me in this, we can easily, without even knowing it, be saying that Jesus' sacrifice as the perfect Lamb of God was not sufficient enough. We can easily say, Yeah, Jesus went to the cross, but it was not sufficient. It's not God's will. It's not sufficient. As if God was rejecting the sacrifice of Jesus for our healing. No, he's not. No, he's not. We come to him. We remind God of his word. We show and we speak God's word. And in doing so, we bring our situations, our petitions, our prayers to God. And God looks not to see how good you are, if you've behaved enough. No, he looks at where your faith is. And when you are looking to the lamb and putting your faith in the spotless lamb of God, God looks to the lamb and he says, that is sufficient to forgive your sins. That sacrifice is sufficient to heal your body. And he can release and do all that he wants to do in your life. But it's not about me. It's about looking to the lamb. And then the last one is this, the last choice. If we're going to increase in our health in in this year, number seven is choose to keep believing. Choose to keep believing. And this is the one that is the most, um, most relatable to everyone. Choose to keep believing. Here's the thing. Whenever you talk about health, whenever you talk about healing, everyone has a story where we prayed and we didn't see the answer. Everyone has a story. And maybe you've faced disappointment. Maybe you prayed and you believed and you spoke God's word and nothing happened. You didn't see what you were praying for. 
Maybe you prayed for someone. Maybe you prayed for a loved one and someone still died. Can I tell you, me too. Me too. Maybe you prayed and you believed and you had faith that that person that was on life support, they were, you would pray and they would, they would rise up from that bed and they would be healed, but they still passed away. Me too. Maybe you prayed for that baby in that mother's womb to live and not die, but the baby still passed away. Me too. And so throughout this life, number one, I want to remind you, if you've been in those difficult situations like that, it does not mean that you're a bad Christian. It does not mean that God looks at you different. It does not mean that God is disappointed in you. Hear me in that. God's not mad at you. God's not disappointed in you. God's not looking at you any different as a second class Christian because your prayer wasn't answered. That's not it. Okay, and do I have every reason why some of those situations happen? No, I don't. I wish I had answers in those situations, especially as a pastor when you're ministering to families and you're praying and you're standing in agreement with them, but you don't see the answer that you're praying for. I wish I had every answer. I wish I had every answer to every why question I've been asked or I've even thought myself, but I don't. But we have these moments when we ex our experiences don't line up with God's word like that. We prayed and we didn't see it. We didn't see healing. We didn't see deliverance. We didn't see life. And in those moments, we have two options. The first option is the correct one. The first option is you can begin to require that your experiences rise to the standard of God's word. As believers, we should live our life uh, in a way that God's word is our standard. Lord, I'm believing for your will. This is your will be done in my life. And we can require, you know what? I don't know what happened this time, but I'm going to continue to believe. I'm going to continue to stand in faith. I'm going to continue to keep believing. And in doing so, my next experience, I'm going to ask it and require it to line up with God's word, to rise to God's word, which is the standard for my life. That's the right option. Option number two is this, is that you can lower your standard of life, what you expect in this life, to match your experiences. But here's the problem. If you do that, your standard then matches your experiences. Now your, your experiences are the standard for your life. And if you want to live a life <laughs> where your experiences are the base for what you're expecting, it's going to be a rough life. It's going to be a rough life because I'm guarantee you face disappointment. And by doing so, by lowering your expectation, now you're saying, I'm going to continue and it's okay if I continue to face disappointment after disappointment, after disappointment. When God has called us to live from victory to victory. Now, here's what victory to victory means. From battle to battle. doesn't mean that I, once I become saved, I put my feet up and I never get sick and I never have issues and I, and I can just retire with a million dollars in my bank account. That's not what I'm saying. We live from victory to victory, from battle to battle. But if I lower my expectation or my standard for this life to match my experiences, I will live from defeat to defeat to defeat. And what happens is when I do that, I take God off the throne of my life and I put myself there, or rather I put my experiences there and I say this, I don't believe the word of God anymore. I believe my experiences over the word. And that's where we cross this line into unbelief. That's where we cross a dangerous line where we can see promises in God's word, but because I haven't experienced it personally, I don't believe the promises in God's word. I believe my life experience 
And now I've switched it. I've taken God's word as the standard and I've put it down here. And I've said, no, my experiences are what's true. And now I'm living in this upside down way where God doesn't want me to be. And again, if you want to live a life based on your experiences, it's going to be a rough life. So what do we do? What do we do? (laughs) That's the big question. I've got to make a decision that I'm going to trust God's word no matter what. And that is so easy to say. And I understand that. I know. It's easy to say. Because when you've been through hell and you've faced disappointment and you prayed and you didn't see what you wanted to see, it's so tough to get back up and to keep walking. But I want to remind you that's what Jesus is encouraging you to do. Not in your own strength. He wants to pick you up and he wants to walk with his arm around you and walk with you through this life. The big question is really this. When you don't always understand why, will you still trust God? Because that's faith. When you don't always understand why, will you still choose to trust God? When everything in you, everything in the natural, even people that are far from God are saying, no, obviously it's not true. Will you still choose to trust that God is good? And that God has a plan for you. And that God can use any situation for His glory. That He can turn things around. we got to strive to let His Word, God's Word, be the standard for our lives. And here's why. God honors His Word. Not your life experiences or inaccurate interpretations of His Word. Let me say that again. God honors His Word. Not your life experiences or inaccurate interpretations of His Word. So what do we do? When we face disappointment, when we're trying to get back on our feet, when we're trying to continue to believe, how do we do it? We've got to go. We've got to search the Scriptures day after day to find truth. Because it's only God's truth that will set us free. What I love is in Acts 17, verse 11, it says this. It says that they searched the Scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. As a result, many Jews believed, as did many of the prominent Greek women and men. What was the result of searching the scriptures? They believed. And what did Jesus say? These signs will follow those that believe. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. They will cast out demons. They will raise the dead. They will live from what? Victory to victory in authority and in health. We have access to the health of God. When we pray, and those prayers aren't answered, and we don't have the answer why, we got to choose. I'm going to make a choice right now. I'm still going to believe. Lord, I'm still going to trust that you're good. Believe your word no matter what, and let his word, God's word, be the standard for my life, not my experiences be the standard for my life. And we can continue moving forward. I love Acts 17, 11, because that's what I pray our church is. It says, they search the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. That's why I always say, don't take my word for it. Take God's word for it. I hope you took notes today. I hope you wrote down these verses. Go home, or you're already home. Go and and read these scriptures in your Bible. Highlight them, study them, and let the Holy Spirit minister to you personally. But if we're going to see increase in our health, 
There's seven choices we can make. Number one, choose to hate sickness. Don't accept it. Don't, don't tolerate it. Don't welcome it. Number two, choose to deal with healing hindrances. Is there something in my life, my eating habits, my drinking habits, is there something that's keeping me from the promises of God? Choose to pray God's word, not my own opinion. I'm going to speak and pray God's word. Choose to speak to the sickness. Speak to the mountain. Don't pray that God would speak to the mountain. No, you can speak to the mountain and see that it can be moved. Number five, choose to stand in faith. When I pray and it doesn't happen immediately, I'm going to continue to stand in faith until I see it come to pass. Keep chopping at the tree until it falls down. Number six, choose to look to the lamb. Is it God's will to heal? Question is, was Jesus' sacrifice sufficient for you? Yes, it is. Look to the lamb, not in your own ability, not in your own strength. It's in his strength and the power of his might that we can experience his health and increase in our health. Choose to look to the lamb. Number seven, choose to keep believing. When you pray and you might not see the answer that you are praying for, no matter what, go to God's word, choose to keep believing that his word is true and he is good because he loves you and he loves you dearly. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you so much. And God, as always, we want to say thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is a guide to us. It's a lamp to our feet. It's a, it's a light to our path so that we can see through this world. And Lord, I pray for anyone right now that is dealing with sickness, pain in their body of any kind. Lord, I pray that you would move right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask you, Lord, your word says that by your stripes we were healed. And so, Lord, I ask you that you would move through the power of your Holy Spirit and touch their body. I pray that we would have health and wholeness, that today we would receive what you've already paid for. I thank you that it's ready, it's accessible. Lord, I pray that your will would be done in our lives, in our families, in our bodies as it is in heaven. So I thank you for health for wholeness. And Lord, I thank you for protection. I thank you that as we walk through this life, that your word says that even if we drink something deadly, it will by no means harm us. And so Lord, today, I just thank you that this week as we go through our life, that we have protection, we have safety, and that we walk in health and wholeness. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Lord, let your word go deep into our hearts, take root and produce much fruit this week. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.